Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Yep, sorry guys, again, my my fault that we've been gone for a while, I've had the flu for approximately 15 weeks. I don't think you needed to give a disclaimer, I think everybody knows why there's been another pause. (laughs) Yeah, I got better for about five days, although I don't think I actually was better, I think I just wanted to be because it was Christmas. Right, you made yourself better for Christmas, and then you fell back hard into, into Victorian times. Honestly, it's been like having like Victorian wasting disease. What is that? <laughs> is that, they is kind that of, real? Yeah, that's a real thing. They kind of used to just like they thought they didn't know what like tuberculosis and stuff was. So yeah. people would just start to get like really weak and their breathing would become really like labored. It's, it's like, called depression. Hairs. No, and that's what they basically <laughs> thought like that these people had like like the Brontes all died of wasting disease. Yeah, so depression. they thought, no, tuberculosis. <laughs> Are we sure about this? Yeah, no, they Has this been they, confirmed yeah, no, by a doctor. Very, it's been confirmed now, but um All right, well, I know you're you obsessed with the Brontes, but don't die that way, okay? <laughs> no. Do you have pity, pity tuberculosis because you've been reading their books yeah every day I don't I do not have tuberculosis thank fucking god but that's like a thing again apparently because people aren't getting like vaccinated people are getting like tuberculosis (laughs) oh my god I think that one's safe to take it's been around for a while (laughs) yeah that one is proven that one is okay um what were you gonna say have I seen what film oh Emily the one that's about Emily Bronte it's like no. this woman it's a female director and writer called Frances somebody or another she kind of just like imagined Emily's life I guess how she would have wanted it to go mm-hmm. I gotta see that so there's things in there that obviously aren't accurate but it's kind of just like a little bit like the life that she wanted her to have yeah personally I would have made it much happier if it was going to be <laughs> yeah probably the same as like the blonde Marilyn movie that just came out not sure uh, horrible what's going on there there's a lot of movies we have to talk about I don't know if you've been watching yeah, yeah I have been yeah I was like you could have but... like redeemed her a little bit Jesus I think that movie got really quite badly um panned the Marilyn movie I agreed with Um, you like you told me this before I saw it but I just couldn't under I thought she did a really good job for what she had but I could not understand why here and there she just fully had a Spanish accent I was like she had one the whole time oh I don't know if nobody I mean they must have noticed but they just let it go or I think now (laughs) not to be um not to be like annoying but I think we're in a fit, like, as we know, we're in this very, like, woke, I know to what make it about say, yeah. being woke, but it's almost like... Like, accepting so and embracing. So what if she's got a, a, a Spanish accent? So what? Why this can't she? This is the it's Spanish like, Marilyn. Yeah, it's like, no, bitch, no, that's not... <laughs> 
Some enough. things are just what they are. Okay. Like we can't pretend we can't re-fucking imagine everything. I know. Um, it's like actually, no, um, Marilyn Monroe was a uh, bad. She was a grizzly bear, and we're gonna be <laughs> yeah. having this is Marilyn's life as a bear. Deal with it. And if you don't oh like God, it, speaking there's of, something wrong with you. <laughs> speaking of um woke and whatever, I had a dog psychic communicator. You had a reading uh, done on Mia? Mm-hmm, yeah. How'd it go? But I mean, it wasn't, it's not anything that I don't already know as, right. a, as a partial psychic myself. And her um, mother. <laughs> as her mother. No, there was a lot which, like, it was just really interesting to talk to the woman from the perspective of like there's no context for her to know any of it there's mm-hmm. no public record of the dog there's no I don't discuss like there's no anything so it was like really weird how accurate she was about certain things it was kind of freaky what were the takeaways that I've got a lot of trust building to do which I know really? anyway yeah because she had like well I was in America she was with my ex who was off the rails mm. and that would have been horrible for her. Mm. And then she was, she went to my mum's house and she's basically just spent the last sort of five years like wondering where I am and what I'm doing and when I'm coming back and what's going on, which I've massively felt. And so she withdrew a lot and she's opened up a lot now. And she's like, even in the last like month or two of me having her here she's like very different Mm. I think that she's really kept herself locked away and guarded because the world has been like quite scary for her Mm -hmm. even though she's been like very much loved and provided for in my family but her mommy left yes exactly and she's just been like wondering I'm so Um, glad you have her back in the house I know she's so cute she's such a good girl but one of the things that made me laugh so much (laughs) (laughs) um so the lady is called Gaina Davenport and she's quite unknown she works mostly with horses but she does other animals too Mm. and she is like Mia doesn't know if she's Arthur or Martha she does. She thinks she's she's she's. I don't even know the trans. word for it. <laughs> I'm scared to say it. I don't. Know. She's trans. No, look in the. This is what the woman said. She's like, I know this sounds strange that I'm going all the way back here, all the way back to the womb, all the way back to a fetus, but that's when Mia's journey started, obviously. And at that time, even in, like, the womb, Mia didn't know wh- what she was. But it the thing that's so funny about it is it's, like, it makes so much sense for her. Because if you met her, you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, that's a girl dog. You, mm. You'd be like, what? what is that? Wow. Um, Do we need to start calling her by another name different pronouns I think just yeah what pronouns is she identifying (laughs) as now I mean let me know for the next time I come to visit because I don't want to offend her no she is she is she I think she's she's just like me she's just like open to it open fluid bit boysy one day bit girlsy another day kind of could have gone either way probably (laughs) 
um I if i that. if i had been a, a teenager in this time <laughs> then things could have gone interesting way differently I think, yeah i think if mia had been a teenage human in her time right. things could have gone differently good thing she's like an old old lady yeah but it just made me laugh like we That's literally funny. all I had her on speakerphone and we were all sitting around the table when she said Mia doesn't know whether she's Arthur or Martha we were like I could have screamed <laughs> of all the people to have a trans dog it's <laughs> me Arthur's a funny name to discuss because I heard I just heard <laughs> Emily Blunt discussing it on the Smartless podcast and she was saying that that's the hardest name to say in an American accent Arthur Arthur yeah you guys say yeah, that is quite Arthur 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 Arthur, <laughs> Arthur. wow anyway I just thought you'd get such a kick out of that but she talked about some other really crazy things where I was just like, how the fuck do you know this? Like, obviously, Mia's told her. That's how she knows. Right. But she talked about how Mia does this thing. She's like, Mia does this thing to, like, control people where she basically, like, I call it her Princess Diana look because she goes, she, like, puts her chin down and her eyes go really big and she looks around and does that thing that Princess Diana does. Yeah. And she does it. She's definitely manipulating when she does it and she knows what the fuck she's doing and she doesn't do it to everyone. She does it very sparingly so that you feel like when she does it to you, you're like blessed. Special, wow. It's like special. She's chosen Mm -hmm. you to do the eyes too. And she she talked about that and I was like, fucking hell. And And she was like, was she thrown out of a car? And that's how I got her was because the people dumped her in the car park with us. So she was going out of the car in the car park. And she said, obviously, she wasn't thrown away like rubbish, but that's what it made her feel like, that she had been, like, thrown away. I don't know. That was just stuff that was really sad, which I knew already. The reason I had talked to her in the first place is because she gets really nervous in certain situations, and I just wanted to know if there was anything I could do to help. Help that. And I'm sure you talked to her because you've been stuck in your bed just scrolling on your phone looking at random shit for weeks on end and you found I'm just like I know what to do (laughs) this is it this is what I need I thought you'd got to kick out that I do Um, I'm gonna have to get Gilbert a reading my god you should she can do it from anywhere in the world yeah I did when Ivy was dying when she was really sick I got, I like had somebody coming over and doing Reiki on her and yeah, it actually, it was quite an amazing thing to watch. And they were like telling me psychically what she was feeling and she was telling me she wanted certain foods and she mentioned a blanket I have that was in the closet that she wanted to lay on. Shit that this person could not have known. Couldn't have known. No, it was pretty incredible. That woman gave her this crystal that she had blessed and for her healing and ivy would lay on top of it like the last couple of weeks of her life she would just sit on top of that crystal and so in her box of ashes behind me right here mm-hmm. i have that crystal mixed in with her ashes in there oh that's nice yeah so i really i i really stay i'm really behind all that pet yeah psychic i mean i I would do it for myself, so why not? Yeah, we do it for ourselves. Why wouldn't we do it for them? Exactly. 
for my baby anything for my for baby. baby my children <laughs> hello all the mom, mom um, listeners out there we know you love that um we're moms too just yeah we are nothing more offensive to like I human know. mothers than people being like dog mom <laughs> like no <laughs> you you didn't I gave birth, birth to birth. him I gave birth uh, to yeah. Gilbert didn't I Gilbert <laughs> that is so disturbing to me the idea of like a human giving birth to a cat is one of the most maybe disgusting things I've ever <laughs> ever thought <laughs> in my life I've been doing this new thing where I swaddle him like at night in a blanket we all walked in the other night and he was like I'm actually concerned now like what he literally looks like a baby like you make him like a little burrito yeah and it's a a blanket with his face on it because Will got me a blanket with Gilbert's face on it for Christmas so I swaddle him in his own face but why because it's cute and then I can kiss his little mouth and he can't do anything about it. That's horrible. That's disgusting. I loved when my brother and sister were so small that they couldn't get away from me because I would nuzzle them and, and just, ooh. And then when they got too big and they could push me away, it was like, oh, that's annoying. That's how I feel with my niece and nephews. When they just yeah. now they're teenagers, they're just like, uh, get away from me. Ugh. But when they were younger, they just loved me and they were so obsessed with me. And now they're just like, can you buy me stuff and then just don't associate with me or perceive me? Pretend <laughs> like we don't know okay. each other. <laughs> okay. Some people think I'm actually quite cool, but okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Here's your Xbox. Yes. Please. Yeah, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Yeah, Jesus. Just give me a kiss. Just sit sit by me (laughs) acknowledge me when I speak to you anyway Um, here we are here we are it's January Uh. and you're coming back to life slowly I managed to not get sick at all through the holiday legend but even though Will was so poorly you managed to oh yeah yeah it's because your mom gave you like worms and things for i know my mom hooked me up from the beginning she really did she She had me on the sickest shit and i don't mean cool sick i mean disgusting sick yeah like like chinese herbs that gave me horrible bad breath and like all kinds of shit that made you really popular oh yeah i was super popular but now i'm just like an ox that's how Sarah and Talia are as well. Honestly, yeah. I broke bones. I would I would be out of a hard cast in two weeks. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> They'd like meld back together in front of your eyes. Whereas I would have just been like You would you're the fucking, Victorian fucking long, long time. I'd be dead <laughs> if it was a Victorian time straight up. That fever I just had would have killed me. <laughs> like, oh for sure oh my god <laughs> I <laughs> asked me a question the other day he said if you could go back to like the 1890s or 1800s but have complete reassurance that you wouldn't need any medical intervention right because of none one thing I don't fuck you no no like if you need it's not even like the intervention it's the recovery because they didn't have antibiotics and they didn't have any right. of that shit so it's like, sure, yeah, maybe you have the operation to remove the thing. Yeah. Good luck recovering. Yeah, exactly. And what the hell with anesthetic? Like, you just had to no, bite down on anesthetic. a stick. You had yeah, to you bite a put, stick. Yeah, you just bear down and get through it. 
no. Uh-uh. But I think if I could go back and take my loved ones, obviously my puppy, and none of us would have to have medical intervention, I'd go. But if not, I I don't think I could do it. Me neither. Mm-mm. No, I'm not interested in a in a cut on my finger killing me. I know. Or just like getting a cold in the rain and then dying. <laughs> yeah. Not wearing socks one day and you're dead. <laughs> and then that's it. Like game over. R.I.P. Oh my god. Um. Wow. Well, you posted something recently about January, and it really perked me up because I think it's important to touch on. We touched on it last year. And listeners found it really helpful. I'm sure you're having different <laughs> thoughts about it this year, but can we go to that for a second? Tell yes. me kind of what it was that you were saying um, about this month of January, which is such a strange month. Well, I just think people find it quite hard. And I've never understood that. Yeah. Until recently. Here in the UK, I know it's the same everywhere. Dark, a lot longer of the day. It's very cold. The sky is grey a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone's a bit skint because Christmas. Skint, for anyone who doesn't know what I mean, is like broke, doesn't have a lot of money left in the mm-hmm. bank. There's no flowers. There's no greenery. You know, it's it's very it's a very stark month. And I just think it's so like the contrast of all of that with the fact that it's the beginning of the new year and you're meant to be like striding into this new year, but it feels more like you're like, right. (laughs) Yeah. It's so strange that like new year's is all about rebirth and resolution and, and, and upping your game and stepping into the new you. And then you're faced with this fucking brick wall and you're like, yeah, like uh, a month of just hard Hard struggle. Yeah. And I never, maybe that's the point. Maybe all that struggle comes after the new energy to like give mm. you an obstacle course or something. <laughs> no, thanks. Fucking hell. <laughs> I've never really struggled in January as much as I have this January. Mm. But I think also the fact that I've felt so ill. You've been unwell for like eight weeks. I think that that's obviously slightly influenced of course. my yeah. experience here. But that, a lot of people but, are dealing with that because a lot of people are in chronic pain, injury, yeah, grief, yeah. depression, whatever it is. And that's that lasts a long time. So that skews our perception of everything. Because whenever yeah. I get sick, you just go, whoa, we literally cannot do anything we want in this life without our health. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a sh- it can be a real shackle if you're if you're unwell. And I think that aside, I think maybe you know, like with so many things, the expectation of like, oh, new a new year, it's going to be great, going to be healthy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's like the pressure of that. I think can be before you're even out the gate can be mm-hmm. like quite crippling. And even if you're not doing any of that stuff. I think because we are so online now, it's Mm -hmm. really easy to be like bogged down by other people's energy doing it, even if you're not the one like being like new year, new me. It's true. Like, okay, healthy, like we're going to be healthy. Christmas was like a blowout, blah, 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 the whole thing. And it's like, you're just like, (laughs) it's true. It's this collective low grade stress that's caused by social media I I a thousand percent blame it on social media which I've never condemned social media I love a lot things about social media but that 
that looking at others and feeling that pressure that yeah. invisible it's not even real because people are just projecting what they want to be the life they want that's kind of what people use social media for when you are kind of like trapped inside because the weather isn't so good I mean here so for instance this week is frosty so it's it's been like raining mm-hmm. all month it's been gray skies rain 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 so you don't have any money you're trapped inside <laughs> you're not getting any vitamin d you know all of that kind of thing it's dark when you wake up like wake up and go to work it's dark when you get home that's you're fucking scrolling depressing. instagram <laughs> that is depressing and then you see it's some true. bitch you went to school with is in fucking south africa with her like hot boyfriend being like a fucking digital nomad or whatever they call right. them and you're just like oh okay well I'm just gonna go <laughs> murder myself in the closet so true like, but you know I haven't been in in England in January in like a normal way I was here last January but I was here on a trip for three months so I was like yeah like I'm not gonna let anything stop me I don't care about this but now that it's like no this is January <laughs> this is your this is your life no it's not a trip anymore this is how January is I'm like oh fuck like did you pay rent on the first yeah yeah exactly um god I panicked for a second then I was like wait did Did I I? (laughs) (laughs) yeah I did I I think what I've established is that um I will be leaving the country in January of every year oh that's a really good idea I'm gonna be one of the bitches that you're scrolling yeah you're gonna be the one you just mentioned in Africa you bitch I mean me in South Africa it's like Joburg baby (laughs) that's funny that's a good idea just not like yeah it doesn't for it can apply to anybody if you can't take a trip in January like at least fill it with really joyful things next January I need to be more strategic about support for that month yeah that's a really good point I think like like I always say like if you make a plan things are easier like now I know that January's in England are like rough like Okay, make plans. Book a mm-hmm. cin- it sounds so silly. Book a cinema ticket. Go to mm-hmm. London one weekend. Go yeah. and see a castle one weekend. Just something. Yes, to look forward to. Oh my god! So it doesn't just feel like a slog. Yes, I've been thinking about that a lot because, girl, it has been depressing. Right. And I posted about that on the IG on my IG, and I basically asked people for like what that kind of survival tips were what they say one person just they say i need some just wrote survive (laughs) just survive that's it (laughs) chocolate was one lady's thing just munching chocolate for the whole month don't think that's gonna work for me yeah i'm not gonna Um, be able to do that one although i love chocolate do you like chocolate i do i love chocolate i've gone off milk chocolate but really um, that's my favorite I don't like it anymore. Baking and making soups. I think that's nice. I think baking and like making nourishing food is a really good way. It is. To sort of spend like when it gets dark at 3.30. It is. Soup makes me so happy. I love making it. I take a couple hours. I chop my veg. I watch like a Mm. castle documentary on my computer while I'm chopping my veg. (laughs) It's like a whole thing. I love it. I'm in the castle. I'm in. I'm I'm chopping in. I'm in. Ancient kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! I cut my finger. I'm gonna die. (laughs) Oh my god! It's cholera in my soup. Okay, so some people are just saying like extra practices of gratitude. 
they love have to it look really double triple down on the gratitude which yes as I'm I do I will say I'm sick of of I know as soon as someone says gratitude it we're all just like oh I know can I say something about because I get that true. too I know it works though. it does work it's so annoying it and like really when you're works. mad it's the last thing you want to do when you're pissed about something you're like I don't want to be grateful yeah <laughs> I want to be mad but can I recommend something that I've found really works for me Anyone in your life that you can do this with, even if it's just one person, I've found that this really helps. I found three of my girlfriends. I was doing it with my sister for a while and we fell off, but I'd like to get back on it with her. But it clicked in with three of my girlfriends and we started a text chain and every single morning we send each other our gratitude. And when I wake up in the morning, that's one of the first things I do is listen to that. And I hear their gratitude and I offer mine and their gratitude gives me different perspective and gets me out of my yeah. own shit. And then it gives me a place where I know that my gratitude is like safe and being heard. And it's just really nice. So if you can find one person in your life, a family member, a friend, even to yourself in your journal, the journal doesn't keep me quite as accountable because if it's a person, then I know that they need my gratitude so I can't skip it because they're yeah waiting for mine you. so that's cool I like the idea of that like a, gra- a January gratitude text thread that's a good idea I like that yeah. you could do that with somebody a lot of people saying that they use this month as a way to be like extra cozy so wearing like mega soft clothes and yes. like woolly warm socks and lighting more candles and exactly having a bit more like ceremony around cozy stuff exactly I've got my hot water bottle yeah. on my lap right now that's and my that. my goat hair socks <laughs> they're kind of itchy but they're pretty yeah yeah and I've also got a blanket I'm sitting on so I'm all that's about cozy. the extra cozy the extra cozy okay this one I love and agree with, buying daffodils. Ooh. So daffodils are very cheap to buy here. I don't know mm. if they yeah, are, are cheap here. Yeah. I think that buying spring flowers is a great one. And then this year, for the first time ever, I've started planting bulbs inside. So mm. what, watching the hyacinths grow from their little bulbs in my windowsill has Aww. been such a joy and it's really fun so I'll get like an old gravy bow or an old pot or an old cup or whatever yeah and I plant them in there because it's only living in there for maybe three or four weeks um and then I put like I go outside and I'll collect like some moss and some lichen and I'll put it on the top and that's been really I've really enjoyed that like I love watching them grow because they grow like a centimeter every day Wow, that's really great. And then, and then when they come out, they're so they smell so good. So I've been doing that, and I've really loved that. Oh, um, and, and where are you going to plant the bulbs? Yeah, where are you going to plant the bulbs? I was going to say. I haven't decided yet. Do you have a special spot? I have a large garden to fill, so I'm sure that we'll find a place for that. I'm so excited for your garden in the spring. Oh, that's going to be so much my. fun. Like honestly, and Alex gonna landscape out, the shit out of it. <laughs> probably more like I will, but he'll do some digging. Do, yeah, um, he'll do so the dirty work. Run! It's the thrill of a lifetime. I think there's like 200 flowers, like 
springing up from the ground they are everywhere I am so excited that's amazing there's these little shoots coming up so it's probably going to be like snowdrops hyacinths daffodils other spring flowers and they've probably been there a long time like my landlady is nearly 80 and she lived here in her 30s and so oh. she planted a lot of the stuff that's oh. in the garden. I mean, there's nothing so, like the English wildflowers. Oh. It's just the most stunning thing you've ever seen. Oh. And your house is going to be full of them. It is. And I joined this really cute thing called, um, haven't opened it yet. It's called the Floral Project. Oh. And this is a box of seeds. And basically, I know it's probably sounds stupid and some people are going to be like, you really don't need to pay £20 a month for that. But... I've joined a club where this lady basically sends you a box of seeds every month of different things and you grow them from a seedling and then she teaches you like when to plant them, when to do everything, how to prune them, how to take care of them, what kind of light they need to be in. Okay, you need to water this seed now. So it just kind of for somebody like me who doesn't really know about gardening yet, Mm -hmm. but has a garden and wants to grow flowers. It's great because it's kind of like a roadmap yeah and she's just like a really cute lady and she has That's autism so and she's just and she's like made this her life and I it's love just that. so cute yeah so I'm really excited I haven't opened this yet but I think there's some sweet peas in here and some other things and for Christmas I got like a grow box so I'm really excited that's great the whole point is that you so grow and give her whole thing is like you are going to grow more flowers than you know what to do with so you can give them to neighbors and hospitals and old people and brides and I just think it's cute it's beautiful so that's kind of what I I've been focusing on flowers (laughs) (laughs) that's all I've really been able to do and every time I see a little shoot coming out of the ground on one of my walks I squeal with excitement that's amazing okay can I show you something that captivated me on your Instagram so I was scrolling through your incredible pictures of your nature walk feeling very jealous and I (laughs) took a picture of this mushroom that you took a picture of on this tree because first of all that looks really crazy like a veiny like a penis yes thank you yes but then I zoomed in and there's a face right there look at that face Yes, and if you go zoom up and go up left, you'll see that um, there is also an ear. Wow. The most strangest mushroom in the world ever. Can you eat that mushroom? Your friend Jess, who we had on the podcast, would definitely eat that mushroom. It's like both velvety and also... Slimy. (laughs) Slimy. It was one of the most strangest mushrooms I've ever seen. Strange. So you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. What you just said about looking at people's socials and feeling intimidated by what they're doing for January, right? Mm. I had a really amazing experience yesterday along those lines, and it was so emotional to me. I've been interviewing teachers for my company. My Lucy Walsh Performing Arts Studio is expanding, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm bringing in guest teachers at this point to handle the client load. And so I put an ad out and I got a lot of response. 
but I'm really being picky about who I bring in. And so out of like 50 responses, I've only interviewed three people. And Mm -hmm. yesterday I had one of those interviews and it went really well. I really liked this guy. He had great face, great energy. And we get off and I go on his Instagram and I see this concert that I was at. And I click on the concert poster and I see all these comments going, dude, you did such an amazing job tonight. It was so incredible. Congratulations. And I look at the pictures of him performing that night and I had been obsessed with this guy. He was my favorite performer of the entire that concert. That is so crazy. Like I said, you can ask Will. Like I, Will was with me and I was like telling Will the whole time. I was like, I'm absolutely floored by this guy's performance. Who is this person? I ha- I, I loved him so much. And I literally screamed and like dropped my phone and I called him back immediately. And I was like, it's you. <laughs> Oh my God. I was like, I can't believe I've been talking to you this whole time, interviewing you to work for me. And I'm like such a fan of yours. He's literally a rock star. I'm not going to say who, like what the concert is and everything, but I just said, Oh my God, I I'm so excited to just meet you and whatever. It was very funny. And then I got off the phone and I thought, look at that. You look at someone on stage, you look at someone in a movie, you look at somebody living this life and you think, Oh, They've made it and I haven't. Mm. I wish I had what they have. Their life must be so amazing. And here he is, humble enough because he's an artist and all artists know that we have a hundred side jobs and we do whatever it takes. And it just made me so emotional, his humility and just, Mm. and being reminded of that because we all fall into it, comparing ourselves to others. And it was just such a powerful reminder for me And also so exciting for me, (laughs) but that reminder about, about the comparison of life was really, I needed that. Yeah. That's crazy. That is actually crazy. So is he going to work for you? Yeah. Yeah. Good. So you never know what somebody has or what their life is like. No, it's a waste of time to compare. Some people who I know very well and have known for a long time, I see that Instagram and I'm just like, um, that's not really what <laughs> I wish I were. And then I'm just like, bitch, you know that who this person is. Stop. Exactly. Like you, I, it's so dumb. Like even for a minute, I, f- I forget that I've like known this person and I know that they are like the messiest, sloppiest, most depressed person in the world or <laughs> right. whatever it is, but they're like living this life on IG and it's like, mm, out here you know in the sun traveling whatever and it's like okay I know um, I know but we all do it we, we all, all do it do I'm it. taking part in this film about narcissism is this the one in um New Orleans no that's an acting film that I've that I've been cast in that's a musical I'm super excited to shoot oh. that movie oh my god I was just gonna say that the narcissist film which is featuring uh the situation I've gone through which we've spoken about on other episodes mm-hmm. it's talking about narcissism being a pandemic in our society and it's on a spectrum it's not black or white so mm-hmm. many people misunderstand the term narcissist and they think that it means that you're 
full of yourself, but it's not that. But they say on the spectrum, it goes from like a socially kind of narcissistic person, which would be qualified as like the Instagrammer, the the influencer, the selfie taker. Mm -hmm. That's a form of narcissism. And we're all a little mm -hmm. narcissistic. And they actually talk about how it we need to be narcissistic to survive. Otherwise, we would just lay down and die. But then the other opposite end of the spectrum of that, obviously, is the malignant narcissism, which is what we're which is what I went through. So anyway, yes. everybody's a little narcissistic, guys. Get your head out of mm -hmm. your own ass and look around, you know. Um, also, a really um, good way to feel better in January is to get your head out your own ass and look around. Yeah, that's what you're saying. That's our, that's the tips you gave. It's all about looking beyond your own nose. Yeah, so the film I'm doing in New Orleans is a musical written and directed by this really talented guy named Gray Fagan, who's this big TikTok star. Speaking of social media, he has like 5 million followers on TikTok or something. And he's he never wanted to be a social media star. He's a really serious filmmaker. He went to school for filmmaking. That's all he wants to do. And he's doing really great things. And I'm really happy to be working with him as he's starting his career. I think he's going to go on to do really great things. And then I'm going to go to New York because I have to see Jessica Chastain on Broadway. Ooh. So I'm making a pilgrimage out there to do that. <laughs> And we're going to you love uh, that bitch. look at apartments while we're there. Are you? Mm-hmm. You guys yep. really think about going there? Yeah, I'm slowly pushing him closer to England. <laughs> I figure if I can New get him to New York, then it's just a hop, skip, and a jump. Well, it's like you can go to England for the weekend when you live in New York. Exactly. It's so much easier. I'm so excited about that. That's <laughs> thrilling. I know. It really is. I have one more thing to say about like a New Year's resolution type yes, thing. Do you have anything more do. to say about it on your end? Um, like where no, you're I at? still I still don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I don't either. I don't I just called it that because I don't know what to call the topic, but I don't believe in New Year's resolutions at all. I never make them. But it's just like a continuation of everything we're already working on within ourselves. Mm. I uh, feel like this year is very much like usually okay so usually when there's a new year I'm like okay new year and I get this fresh feeling but for some reason this year feels like last year's work for the not just me but like for a lot of people wasn't done and it feels like almost that this year's like a continuation of something and that like the next year is going to be like a new thing I don't know exactly what I mean by that maybe you can relate to what I'm saying I don't know I kind of get it. I think the last couple years have <laughs> felt like one long year. <laughs> I literally thought last year was 2020. <laughs> I said that to someone no. yesterday. I was like, oh, I didn't do that last year in 2020. <laughs> but the one thing that's been on my mind through January is a concept that I mentioned before. I compared it to physically holding your pee. Remember we talked about that? Yeah. And my point there is... Speeding up the time it takes me to handle something that my soul is telling me needs to happen. Mm. So if I'm listening to my body when it gives me signals of what it needs, why am I not listening to my soul when it gives me signals for what it needs? 
And Mm -hmm. we talk ourselves out of things all the time. We procrastinate. We, we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to handle it. And there were some things really bothering me over the last couple of weeks. And I made a list of them and there were like five of them. Mm -hmm. And it was most of it was about like firing a few people on my like business teams kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Difficult conversations I was going to have to have that I was avoiding that I've been avoiding for like six months now Mm -hmm. and a couple other things. And then I made this list of every single thing that was bothering me. And then I thought, what would it feel like if every one of these things was taken care of? Yeah. And I started to go towards that feeling Mm -hmm. and I handled the things I needed to handle. I pepped myself up. I did it. Mm -hmm. And my soul jumped for joy, of Mm. course, because it always does when we listen to ourselves. That's where my mind is at for January and moving forward. Nothing else. No, I'm going to work out. I'm going to lose weight. None of that. I'm Mm going to stop drinking wine. That's not happening. But just the simple rule of speeding up the time it takes me to listen to myself and handle it. I think that's really good. That's something that I've massively worked on. Really? Six months. Yeah. It's like, it's so stupid. It will be literally like, there'll be a pile of like um, pins. Yeah. Here. And I pass the pins every day. And I'm like, I I should put those pins away in the pot. Yeah. How much fucking time have I spent in the last month thinking about the pins. the pins going, I should put the pins away in the pot. I should put the pin- fucking 15 times a day. Exactly. Day. Put the pins away in the pot. And what could you be using that <laughs> energy for if you weren't thinking about the pins? And that led me to, yeah. to looking at my time management because yes. honestly, it's a waste of your time. It's bad time management to have to yeah. think about something 30 mm-hmm. times before you fix it. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Ryan used to have this rule. If it can be done in two minutes or under, just do it. Oh, whatever it is. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's such so a good, good. And the dishes you could do in an hour, if you set a timer for 10 minutes, could be done. I know. And instead, you just pass them five times in a day. And you're just like, the one of the things I'm really bad with is anything like, you know, how before we started recording, we were talking about the the um, podcast hosting thing and how there's like this fucking huge like thing I need to deal with it there and I've been putting it off and putting it off for two years right <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like just do it Jeez. just do it but it's all um anything like that I mean that's a big one that's gonna take a little longer but. <laughs> what will happen is there'll be like little things like, oh, I need to move 25 bucks into my bills account. Oh, I need to do that. Or I need to just send this one email or I need to put this one letter in the mail. Or you, And then I have a list of 10 things like that. And it just grows and mm-hmm. grows and grows. And I get so stressed by it. And then mm-hmm. I'm laying in bed and I'm just about to fall asleep. And I'm like, I still haven't done any of the things on the list. And it's, I think what you were saying, it's like a big, big lesson I learned last last year is like just do those things yeah just really make like just put them down as a top priority yeah they'll probably get done in under two hours and then you're free and then what will you feel like so good what will you spend your time thinking about? yeah what then of, of like 
pins and $25 and the pan which needs to go to the charity shop that's sitting by the front door and the, you know it's all of that stuff. My friend Samaya shared something really it really helped me about the list that we create the to-do list. She said yeah. that she makes her to-do list I think it's for the week and mm-hmm. then she's not allowed to add anything new until she takes care of those. So I couldn't do that because all of the other things that need to get added would then start circling in my brain. It makes you have to do this or else. So you can add things. You can add one if you've taken one off. Exactly. Okay. The way that I, and actually, instead of just talking about how annoying it is, I will share a useful and obvious but useful tip is having a little notepad and a pen and paper by the bed. Mm. Some people have them in the bathroom. On the fridge, I keep one in my journal. When I think, oh, the pins, I just write it down. And immediately I feel like I've been thinking about the fucking, the pins isn't a joke, by the way. I've been thinking about these pins for like three weeks. There are like three piles of pins left over from Christmas. As soon as I wrote them down, I did it the next morning. But instead I spent fucking 17 days thinking multiple times a day about the pins. (laughs) Jeez. Well, that is Tony Robbins, I believe it is, says that's why people don't achieve their goals is because they don't write them down. Once you put it on paper, it's separate from you and you're accountable to that piece of paper. Yeah. And it stops it swirling around in your psyche. It's like it's categorized now. And when I wake up tomorrow, oh, but anyways, I totally I feel you on that. And I think it's a really amazing thing to be addressing because it is a very liberating so liberating oh my god shall we do the news yes okay it's not wild news it's not important news it's it's lucy and annabelle news for us Annabelle Juicy Jones (laughs) um god there's like a lot of news there's a lot of celeb goss and news it's almost impossible for me to pick one thing oh my god I feel like maybe I won't do just like a classic news thing like I feel like there's some things I want to discuss with you about the news okay it's okay if we get canceled today by the way yeah yeah it is (laughs) um speaking of getting canceled yeah, <laughs> uh, Jer- Jeremy Clarkson's fans are tweeting, "We are watching Jeremy Clarkson get cancelled before our very eyes." Um, some of you may know who Jeremy Clarkson is. Some of you may not. He's a TV presenter. He was he used to do a show called Top Gear, and then he got fired from that, I think, because he punched somebody in the face or something like that. Ah, oh, so um, he's used to getting cancelled. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And he has a such a great um show on crime called Clarkson's Farm during before the pandemic he went and he bought a farm with absolutely no knowledge of farming whatsoever this man went and bought a huge farm and basically it's the his journey of like learning to run a farm and he has um, a family that live on it that have been running the farm for different landowners for a long time. So he has some help. But um, great show. I think it was really good for people to like understand better 
what it takes to be a farmer and mm. how difficult it is and how scary it is mm-hmm. and um you know farming isn't just like fluffy um lambs and growing wheat it's like every lamb costs an amount of money so right. every sick lamb that dies loses you 500 quid you know and it's people don't understand those things but so I think that was really cool that his show kind of illuminated that for people yeah um so I'm just trying to think of good things that he's done because he really is <laughs> because what useless. you're about to say is because a... <laughs> he's a useless piece of shit really he's he's a terrible person he's very amusing but he's a he's a bit of a bit of a shit so what do you um, do now around Christmas he did his little column that he does for I think the Daily Mail or the Mail Online and he talks about it was around the time that um, Harry and Meghan's documentary came out Mm -hmm. and he basically talked about how he would like to see Meghan stripped naked and walked through the streets while being spat on and stoned like um, the scene of Cersei from Game of Thrones he said a bunch of he said that crazy shit yep and obviously everyone was like that's too far that's that's actually like too far because obviously the knock-on doesn't matter how much you hate Megan or Harry or whatever you think about them or you know their choices Mm -hmm. inciting violence against women and I think it's normalizing violence against women and I think what's the what's really interesting about it is I think actually a lot of men do have violent feelings towards women oh, that absolutely. they have to suppress because yeah. we don't we're not cavemen anymore whereas i think in, instinctively we are very much still animals who want to rape and kill and steal and fight and survive yeah and i think like with how you know the argument is like trump opened the can of worms it's like it kind of gives people permission to be mm-hmm. violent yeah not set a good example work. no and he's got such a big following and it's so so many young boys and it, it was just it was one of those things where i was just like no jeremy don't did he apologize he did apologize but i mean did his uh press office apologize <laughs> he apologized and right. he's been trying to really apologize to them he is really good friends with Camilla and really good friends with the royals so obviously he's coming from a place of of that and there's a big conversation in England right now of like should the Sussexes accept his apology his he's made private and public apology but what's interesting is that he's just being like his that prime aren't going to renew his show ITV have taken his other show down I think the Daily Mail is stopping his column like he's oh. just yeah he's just getting apps like the, the doors are closing on him which yeah, I, I don't think, think the royals very, would have wanted him to say that no and the thing that I think is really interesting is that Harry and Meghan's whole thing is them talking about how like the press can like destroy somebody's life. That's what's happening to Jeremy Clarkson for mm. his complete own doing. He he brought this on himself. I don't think that's really debatable, but I don't think that the royal press office is despite his great friendship with Camilla and all of them going to be jumping to his defense. No, no. Or pulling any strings to make mm. his life easier. So he's put himself out like a real chump on the chopping block to protect the honour of the royal family. Right. They are going to turn their back on him so quickly. Absolutely. And you can't come to Meghan's country. (laughs) 
to run from it. Big, big whoopsie doopsie. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I think. I don't know if he should be forgiven. I think he should be if he can really comprehend that what he did was like a, was like a violence against women and inciting hatred and violence towards a woman who has literally like run for her life to another country and that it's normalizing violence against women i think if he really actually comprehends that and expresses that then i think that of course he should be forgiven but i just don't know that he really i mean it's not a casual thing like to take the thought and the effort and and the organized decision to say that publicly is Mm -hmm. so deliberate that Mm -hmm. I don't think I think it's irrelevant if he chooses to apologize or not you can't unring that bell (laughs) no no you can't I don't care if you regret it I would I would want to forgive him as a as a woman if I could see that right I see what you're saying understood that the implications of what he said weren't just like right. a funny thing but also what about the people that published the article and what about the editors and what about all of those people who allowed for that to go out there's been no conversation about them and mm-hmm. no accountability from them nor there will there ever be because it's the daily mail so Rupert you know Rupert Murdoch will never be held accountable for anything he does ever nor will any of his publications and they'll turn on Jeremy Clarkson so quickly as well. I just think it's interesting. It's just I'll like um, theatre. Yeah, you know, it's theater. It's, just, it's total theatre. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so that's my news. I just think wow. the kind of snake eating its tail of the yeah. whole situation is quite interesting. It's fascinating to watch. I also don't believe and also in Clarkson's. Culture. No, I don't either. That's why I'm saying I think if he really understands that he's... But Clarkson's <laughs> Farm is actually a good show. Yeah, Will loves that about, show. Yeah, if you want to learn about farming. But also, if you want to watch something about farming that's not Clarkson's Farm, you can also <laughs> watch This Farming Life, and you can also watch um, Country File, which are both really good shows about farming. And they're very relaxing if you're looking for something that's relaxing. Right, and you can also watch Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie because they yes. lived at a farm. Yeah, they really understand what it takes to <laughs> be farmers. Oh my What's gosh. your news? Oh man, my news comes to us from Bosnia. Oh. Okay, you're never going to believe this one. I'm not. So this couple was having, um, separately, having online affairs. Yes. Online, and it was with each other. Yes. And they chose to meet meet in person, and it was them. And they divorced after that. That is the song. Um, Ryan loved the song. I feel like okay, you know, um, do you like pina colada? Get caught, get caught in, the in the rain. So that song is Why about what? that. Yeah, it's about a guy. I'm gonna have to listen to like, it again. It's like sick of his wife or whatever, and they're sick of each other. So he puts like an ad in the paper to meet. To, to And he says, do you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain? That's the ad. And then the <laughs> woman that turns up is his wife. Oh, man. It's, right? That's yeah. what that song's about. I, okay, yeah, I'll have to listen to it. Um, It's a great movie concept. It's kind of You've Got Mail, where they were writing each other a letter, you know, emailing each other without knowing it was them, and they hated each other in real life. 
Yeah, I guess it's an age old tale, ladies and gents. It's an age old tale of this song is so good. <laughs> lying and cheating coming full circle. How can you survive that? I mean, I don't know what there is to say after that. I feel like I would piss myself laughing and being like, well, obviously we still like each other, so we should probably give this another try. <laughs> me too. I feel like it would well, like... Yeah, it wouldn't make me break up. It would make me be like, okay, we have some things to address. Yeah, we obviously, obviously let's have talk. something to offer. Each That's other right. Still. Yeah, yeah. You can't break up with your husband because he's cheated on you with you. I mean, what if it happened again? Like, what if they divorced again and then dated and then it was still them? <laughs> it would just be like, I give up. At that point, you have to accept that the universe has decided that you're going to They're be like, together. Well, we have some listener feedback. Should we share it? Yes. You guys sent us really lovely messages through the holiday. Forgive the delayed responses, but we've caught up on everything. So I wanted to mention that somebody, one of our listeners, sent a bluebell feast that's happening next year. The Instagram Ooh. handle for this is Nomadic Dinners. And yeah, there's events going on during bluebell season in England, which is when, Annabelle? When exactly is that? April, I think is like peak. It's a really specific window, right? How long is it? Bluebell. Yeah, they're like out for a few weeks in April. Apparently around here in my new area, the bluebells are absolutely mind-blowingly beautiful. I'm very excited. I can't wait for the pictures. (laughs) Oh no, I can't wait to see it with my eyeballs. Yeah. So thanks for sharing this bluebell feast. It's so cool. Yeah. Check into that. This is a nice message. Dear Lucy and Annabelle, wishing you both a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Um, I just made a donation to your awesome podcast as my Christmas gift to you both. That's so Thank cute. you. Thank you. As you know, your show is a highlight and brings me so much joy, valuable insights, and happiness. You are both such treasures, and I wish you both all the love and happiness. Keep up the great work. Sending lots of love and good wishes. I'll just say how much we really appreciate our listeners. And when you guys send us messages, it really does actually mean the world. So thank you. Yeah, it does. And all the beautiful gifts we've received and very humbling. Another listener says, Merry Christmas to you both. Hope you're feeling soon, Annabelle. Maybe by bluebell season, she will be. (laughs) Thank you for sharing about your past life regression, Lucy. Always fascinating topics you discuss. I myself have a lot of anxieties and fears over death. So thank you for sharing about that, Annabelle. The not knowing what's next is scary, but I agree that we really do know it's something more. Not only my death, but people close to me is an anxious thought I have on and off in my life. But like you said, it's the lack of conscious understanding. It was also great hearing Lucy talk about the timing of things in life and seasons we're in. I've been feeling that so much lately because I'm only a few years away from 40 myself. I take notes of things you ladies say in the podcast to keep for myself as inspiration. And I took so many this week. Especially about listening to yourself and trusting the direction your soul is moving towards. So powerful. Thank you so much. You are both amazing. Yeah. I mean, if I can help one person be inspired enough to write something down to remember for later, like that's, I made it. (laughs) I made it. That's such a successful (laughs) life in my opinion. Yeah. That's all we can do. That's all we can. That's all we have to offer is something that might help Help. somebody else (laughs) ourselves and each other 
yeah. Well, how okay. do we say this? So, <laughs> so it's been, it's been real. <laughs> it's been something. It's been a lot of things. Lucy and I have decided that we are ending the show and that this is going to be our last episode. I think that we both feel that we've kind of taken it as far as it naturally wants to go. I know it has served. Oh, God, I'm going to get so emotional. <laughs> oh, babe. It has served such a purpose mm. since we started it. We started yeah. it right before Max and Ryan died, literally like four weeks before. Mm-hmm. And Ryan was our executive producer. And it took us through Annabelle's loss that whole time. And I don't know what life would have been like without it. It mm. took us through the pandemic. It took mm-hmm. me, me through so many yeah. important phases of my life the last two mm-hmm. years. And I'll never forget it. It's been so important for me. Not only with you, Annabelle, having you to, to speak to. Like always knowing that that was going to be there the next week. Yeah. But then yeah. also hearing from all our listeners and feeling that that community in a time when we've all felt really disconnected if I ever forget that like how incredible that's been or take it for granted I just drop in on one of our past episodes and I'm like holy shit we've talked about some shit and it's really have dug in (laughs) like I'm gonna go back and listen to things because we've really covered so much ground you are family to me and this time we've had together means the world to me and I'll always remember it yeah well you got no choice it's recorded I know fuck I can't forget it if I wanted to (laughs) but we're both going on to other exciting ventures I'm going to be creating my own podcast coming up here pretty soon and I know Annabelle you've been thinking of, of that as well Mm-hmm. So this isn't the end, and we can't wait to have you along for all the all the exciting things we'll be doing mm-hmm. from here. And and more to sort of your point, I feel really grateful for this whole experience because I think talking through, I'm a share. I always have been, and being able to talk through from the moment I woke up that morning when Ryan and Max died to this conversation today and everything in between genuinely I think I wouldn't be as healthy as I am and as as well as I am if I hadn't had that every week and I think it's been such an exercise in patience in <laughs> I mean, having honestly, to put up with me. <laughs> having to put up with myself, like myself. I know. I think I know. the number You're of so times right. that, that we have had I'd freak episodes out. where, like, where we've been like, this cannot go out. Like, we sound insane, or this is crazy, or, and it's almost like what I learned was like, the more frightened I was to put something out, the more it needed to come out, and that yeah. kind of became my guiding light. And I yeah. think just to the listeners. Every time I have thought, I can't share this, the response has been somebody saying, 
thank you so much for sharing this like this has changed my life or I needed to hear this or you're not alone and for me when I felt like I was like gonna die (laughs) like I was drowning I didn't because of this I think you know my family supporting me lots of things kept me my head above the quicksand but having this every week to come to having you you to see you know Wednesdays with Annabelle it started off when you'd come and stay at my house and you know we'd have a sleepover whatever it was and the way that it kind of developed from that and the relationship with the listeners and the community and the way that we throw ideas around and the stuff that you guys share with us and like our ability to speak about the things that we have and be as vulnerable as we've been is only possible because of the listeners and their feet you know feedback and I, I say feedback, and that conversation it's a conversation the conversation yeah. and just the energy of it as well and it's the support that that they've given us as yeah. well is like just we're straight like we're strangers to them really I mean, we're yeah. not, we've, they know, probably know more. Yeah, they know everything about they're your fucking period. And sh- <laughs> they're not, but you know, they've got no reason to care about us. No, they've, there's a trillion they, podcasts. <laughs> and it's not just that there's a, there's a fucking 8 billion people. Yeah. Like, the fact that you guys choose to spend time with us and that you write us messages and that you interact with us and giggle we've at the same things to know that we you. giggle at. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of messages saying that like, it's like being with friends that that is true for us as well and has been oh, yeah. true for us as it has been like going and hanging out with friends every week that is just such a gift it like, really is it has just been such a gift and you guys the listeners have been a great great gift in in my life yeah um and I am so grateful to all of you I just wish I could give you all a hug and a kiss and thank you but I hope that you can feel that 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 is energetically what I'm doing I am so grateful and I'll never forget it this has just been so mad it's it's been so insane sometimes it's really taught me the power of authenticity yeah at the beginning I was so uncomfortable with being authentic and I don't feel that way anymore. Mm. And it's helped me accept myself and love myself. Mm. Mm. Having to open up and drive Annabelle crazy when I call her having a panic attack after <laughs> we record because I don't want to share what I just said. <laughs> but all that was really, while you went through losing Ryan and Max, I came out of the dark ages Mm. out of a cult and a high control group and finding my voice through that Mm. was how I survived it yeah and this was a platform where I could feel safe doing that and it's such a powerful part of my healing Mm. and like Annabelle said you guys just mean the world to me because of that Mm. and Annabelle especially you're just an angel in my life and I'm always here for you We'll always have our chats. <laughs> we just won't record them. No. No. no but maybe I'm, maybe you'll come so as a guest grateful. on my new podcast. Yeah, well, I don't know what it's about, but I'm <laughs> Me sure neither. <laughs> Me neither. I have some ideas, but and and I want to come on and get as a guest for whatever you're doing. And 
Maybe I'll model for your clothing company. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) What were you going to say you're grateful for? I'm just grateful for you, Lucy. I mean, you, a lot of people will step away from you when you're grieving and when you're staring down the barrel of, of hell and you just stood there, you know, and you didn't flinch. And I know it wasn't easy and I know it was scary and painful and exhausting and I'm just really grateful for you I really am you have been such a good friend and such an angel as well I'm laughing because I'm just thinking about funny things (laughs) 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 I've just been like this bitch is fucking more nuts than I am right I'll never forget you getting drunk and shouting at Ryan. (laughs) Just like freshly traumatized, just sitting there like, okay, this is my life now. My friend is drunk. Ryan's gone. Screaming at my dead husband (laughs) in our living room. (laughs) So... You know, and everything from that to just me being in pieces on the floor and, and just you being there. And I think, sorry, that's one of the big lessons I would say to anyone listening to this that is knows somebody that's going through a loss. Just, just be there. You don't have to do anything else. Most of the time, you really don't. Just stand by their side and and don't flinch and and that's enough I know it feels like you want to do more and you want to solve it and you want to hurry them away from their pain but just just stand there be there um and that's been a big big lesson for me is is feeling everyone just like being there yeah and not turning away when it was ugly and I I have to remind myself even still even after what I've been through to do that because my instinct with people is to hurry them away and protect them and so on and how can I fix this and it's like nope yeah yeah it is all those things that you said and I remember the moment that was the scariest was sitting across from you at your dining room table and you were crying so deeply. I've never seen anything like it. And I was holding your hands across the table. You were like in a meditative state. Your eyes were closed and the tears were just streaming down your face. And it was so deep in your soul. And I just sat there and held your hands. And I just remember thinking, I'm in way over my head. I have no idea. There's no words. There were no words. There's nothing, nothing you can ever say, but just trusting that this moment is enough and just, Mm -hmm. just grounding somebody while they Mm. go through that Mm. reminded me of like a tent or something being tied to the ground with metal stakes. So it doesn't Mm. blow away. Yeah. But the human part of us is so afraid of that level of pain. Yeah. And I knew that it was, 
I couldn't touch it. Like nothing, I, I couldn't get involved. I couldn't touch it. I had nothing to offer except to just bolster you. And I got to say that moment and every moment, Annabelle, it's been such an honor. And I wish you didn't have to go through it, but it's been an honor to be there with you while you did. And it's taught me so much mm. about life, about birth, about death, about, about existence, about all of it. Mm. So I think the timing was meant to be in ways that we'll never yeah. know. I think yeah. Chelsea Hamill introduced us less yeah. than six months before the guys died. And mm -hmm. our families had known each other since long before we were born, but we never knew each other until the timing was right. And this podcast mm -hmm. took us through the last two years of life that have happened. And, mm. and, and, and we don't, and now we can release it. We, we can let go of each other's hands and keep moving mm. forward. But I think yeah. we got each other through this yes. time and we mm. held hands the whole time mm. and we can, we can, you know, let, let go, go now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really is such a takeaway. I, I know that's, it's what we're both saying is like, just be there, just stand there, just be there. And that's all I've been able to do for you. I can't, I couldn't fix anything that you, that you've been going through. I can't take it away. I can't no. move you through it. I can't persuade you of, you know, your sanity or you have no. to go through all of that yourself. And it, it just, it's amazing to me. You. Yeah. Looking back and seeing yeah, Pixie's wedding happened in June, and that's why I came to England. But really, I can see that when that article came out, I came to you. Yeah, because and I didn't. I just didn't know what to do. I just, I just was with you. That's all I could do. I, I just came to your house for a week, and I fell apart, and I had PTSD nightmares, and I got cold sores on my mouth, and I was a wreck. But that's where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. For that level of stress. And I didn't even understand that at the time. Mm. Most of everything that's happened, I haven't really understood at the time. No, it's not for us to understand. It's not of our conscious mind. So <sighs> we we don't know anything still. No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know anything. All we can but, do is our best one day at a time. Yeah. So yeah. we leave you with that. Yeah. and we'll see you again soon thank you for everything yeah. thank you guys thank you lucy love you love you i was tired of my lady we'd been together too long like a worn out recording of a favorite song so while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like pina colada